Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill, and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by Metagy. Each week, I talk to inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. And this week, my very special guests are Nick Myers and Brett Brooks, the founders of Red Fox AI. They help businesses get their marketing strategy ready for the era of AI and voice first. The catalyst for starting the business actually came to Nick when he was on the toilet and ordered toilet paper using Amazon Alexa. So definitely look forward to that story in the podcast. And these guys actually flew all the way from Madison, Wisconsin, just to record this podcast. Just joking. But they were wearing t-shirts, shorts, and thongs in the middle of Sydney winter, so you could definitely tell they weren't from town. But they were actually in Sydney giving a keynote at a leading digital marketing conference. So I reached out to these guys because I was definitely interested in hearing more about their voice-first approach. There have been a lot of people talking about voice-first marketing, but to actually meet a team that's doing it, it makes it seem a bit more real. And definitely after hearing their insights, more essential for any digital savvy business heading into 2020. There's only 2,000 people in the entire world who are working in this area at the moment. So to get an hour of these guys' times was super valuable. We cover a wide range of marketing topics, including how your business can leverage voice search, why you need to add voice to your marketing strategy in 2020, and how to literally give your brand a voice interested to hear what your brand voice actually sounds like. So please enjoy this special voice first episode with Nick Myers and Brett Brooks. Nick and Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to be here and thank you so much, Brendan, for I think finding me on LinkedIn and then ultimately yes. it just worked out that we happened to be coming to Sydney. Yes, <laughs> perfect timing. So what are you guys doing in Sydney? Well, we are here because we just actually got done hosting a workshop and I did the opening keynote for the Social Media Marketing Summit that took place here in Sydney yesterday and Wednesday of this week. So Awesome. And what was that keynote topic? The topic of the keynote was the future of social media in the era of AI and voice first. Oh, wow. Yep. Interesting. So we're currently in the era of Oh, AI. yes. We are in the era of AI and voice first. And as a matter of fact, that's... What we're really trying to develop our company with a sole focus on is helping brands leverage the power of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and voice assistant technology to, as I say, Brett, mm -hmm. Brett always knows I said this, literally give brands a voice because we mm -hmm. can do that right, now yeah. wow. through technology. So when did you guys come to the realization that AI is going to be such a powerful tool in the marketing <laughs> sphere? He came yeah. to the realization first, and yeah. he, he told me to realize it. And that's <laughs> when I realized it. Yeah, and, and my story with it, it's actually quite interesting. So our story actually as a company, we actually mm. started it. It's Red Fox AI now, but we actually started it as Red Fox Creative right. back in 2017. And my marketing is in background in communications. And I just wanted to start a business. I just wanted to know what the process was like, see if I could actually start something. So we actually started Red Fox Creative in Madison, Wisconsin as mm -hmm. a digital marketing agency. Okay. But quickly learned that it is a very saturated space. Even mm. in 2017, mm. there was a lot of people doing digital marketing. So yep. in that time, I was like, well, 
I really like technology. What is a piece of technology that we can take to see if we can help brands develop content differently? Mm. So that actually spawned our first venture into the tech space, which was AR and VR. So we actually started researching a lot into the power of augmented reality, specifically Mm -hmm. virtual reality and 360 video. So we actually bought a 360 video camera Mm -hmm. and just there weren't too many resources about 360 video at the time at all. So It was interesting to learn how to stitch that stuff together. So we actually had to learn how to film it all on our own just by trial and error. He Mm -hmm. had to learn how to use Adobe Premiere Pro to create VR video and everything. So that was kind of our first foray into the marketing tech kind of space, mm-hmm. and we actually got a client. Which from, yeah, we did. And from 2017 to 2018, I noticed a lot more 360 video on the social media, like yes. Facebook and all that. But mm-hmm. you don't see that very no. often, or do you? Like where mm-hmm. you can twirl around the yeah. whole video? Yeah, Facebook was really pushing that back when they brought that functionality yeah, to the platform, mm-hmm. and they don't really push that anymore. So that's a testament, I think, to where that technology kind of went. But we actually got a client. We're doing 360 videos for them, and we kept trying to push it, but nobody was biting. So Kind of a testament to people like to be shown the video, not to control the video. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is what we discovered. So ultimately, we had to re-pivot what we Mm. were doing. And the whole reason we're actually sitting in this room and in AI and voice in general is because... Of toilet paper. Toilet it, yes, becomes toilet a story. paper. And this is the story. <laughs> like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the story that actually got us into it. So now that I've been a part of the voice community for, you know, about a year now, everybody that I've gotten to know, at least in the United States, has always had like a light bulb moment where they've used an Amazon Echo or a Google Home or mm-hmm. something that just, you know, the light bulb went off. For me, it was back in January of 2018 after I had gotten an Amazon Echo for the holidays. Right. And it was a very, very cold Wisconsin winter. It was at least minus 25, minus 30 outside. And I realized I'm out of toilet paper as I was standing (laughs) in my bathroom. So my Amazon Echo was an earshot. And I was like, you know, I wonder if that thing can order it for me because I clearly am not going outside. (laughs) You know, I could use my mobile phone, but let's give technology a try here. So I said, Alexa, I need toilet paper. Alexa responded saying, Cottonelle, 15 count, $5.36, courtesy of Alexa. Would you like to buy it? And of course I said yes. And because I was a member of Prime Pantry at the time through Amazon in the United States, it was at my doorstep in less than 24 hours. Wow. And that whole interaction took less than 15 seconds. Mm. So that is when my light bulb went off and I said, (laughs) okay, there's something here with this, and mm. it's more than just a yeah. fad. This is an actual usable piece of technology that can improve our lives, much like the internet did, much like mobile did. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be the next iteration of this tech evolution we've been experiencing. So when that happened, I actually just kind of opened the curtains, if you would, into artificial intelligence in general, learned yeah. everything I could about it. I found some really good folks at Microsoft working on some stuff, and I read all their white papers and research and wow. books. I'll be honest, YouTube has become a big help. I'm serious. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I tell yeah. Brett all the time, you know, we're living in an age where you can learn anything, yeah. you know, as long as, you know, you make sure what you're learning is, is verifiable to some degree, mm. you can learn anything because we have the largest database and repository of information in the internet. Mm. So a lot of the artificial intelligence knowledge that we both have and that 
I've been able to learn has been from just using the resources that we have and then meeting people by proxy through all this. Mm. So that's our story and how we got involved in in AI and voice. And it seems really simple, but I think the simplicity of it is just to a testament as how the technology is exploding because of how simple it is to use. Yeah. Yeah, very simple, yeah. And on the topic of voice-first strategies, so one-fifth of all the queries on Google are now voice searches. I read the other day, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what, what other ways can businesses leverage voice to increase their sales, brand awareness? I mean, what kind of areas are you working with businesses on the voice-first strategy? Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic question. So you brought up a good point right away. And one of the key things that's going to impact organizations and brands more so than anything is the voice search, mm-hmm. because everybody's been so accustomed to optimizing for standard Google keyword search. But the way we talk and ask for questions is different than how we type. So it's going to be very important for brands to start thinking about, okay, how can we now optimize our content for conversation versus optimizing for keyword search and just standard, you know, you're reading an article as opposed to Mm -hmm. having to listen to something back. So that's something that brands need to start paying attention right away. One of the other things that we do also is just help brands figure out where this fits into the bigger picture. Mm. Because when this started first coming to market, at least with Amazon in 2014, there were a lot of bigger brands, at least in the U.S., who were saying, okay, we need an Alexa skill. Or, okay, we mm. need a Google action in 2016 after Google yeah. Assistant came out. But that was they were just firing from the hip. There was no mm. plan. There was no strategy. We've discovered, as we've talked with more people and even some of the people we've worked with, if you're going to deploy voice within your brand, you have to be solving a pain. You know, what is a big problem that your customers have or that the people you work with have that voice mm. can solve and make easier? So... Part of what we do, too, is we kind of open up the box, if you will, to help and figure out where this can fit in. We've actually had a really good discussion with a company called TurboTax in the United mm-hmm. States over the past couple of weeks. And they're really interested in the voice search capability. And, you know, I even brought up the idea to them, you know, what if you could complete your taxes wow. just by talking to Alexa yeah. or just mm-hmm. by talking to Google and how wow. easy that would be? Mm-hmm. So there's it depends on the brand, of course, and the, mm-hmm. the vertical niche that they're in. But yeah. there are so many different use cases. But mm-hmm. yeah. I would say the first thing is just figuring out what your pain is and how voice can solve that to make it easier for your customers. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, optimizing for voice search so you can be discoverable. Mm-hmm. And there's actually something going on right now with voice as well where if you want to be the thought leader in your niche to answer questions for your customers, now is the time to do that. What we're finding is how voice assistant devices carry out search. It's very specific, actually. So give Alexa for an example. So say, you know, I ask Alexa a question. What Alexa will do is Alexa will search its internal database first. It's internal programming that Amazon put in there that uses like weather, traffic, all that Mm. basic stuff to answer a question. If Alexa cannot find it there, it will go out into something called the voice web which is the ecosystem of all of the different skills that people have created for Alexa. Right. And it will pull the information from there. And then if I can't find it there, it'll branch out into the Mm -hmm. general web search, which Mm. oddly enough, Alexa uses Bing, which I just find fascinating. Yeah, Alexa's primary search engine is Bing. You know, even if your company doesn't think they can benefit from voice, just having your company on there with a simple, like, question and answer skill. Mm. Right. About your your company would benefit your company because— Right now, it's in its infancy, so mm. it's like having like the only company to have your, uh, I mean, a website in like the late nineties. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. When everybody was in, you know, the gold rush to get all your websites right. on the internet. Mm. Yeah. Now it's like there's no skills, or you can equate it to 
2008 with the iPhone. And we were, mm. we were trying to yep. get apps mobile on apps. The apps yeah. 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 So that's one of the benefits of voice search now is if you even deploy a simple question and answer based skill mm. related to your brand or the niche that you're in, you're going to own that space in search because the way the AI works, it'll keep going back to sources that are trusted, that is verifiable that it can pull good information from. So mm -hmm. if you're one of the first brands there answering these questions for people, it's going to keep using you. And then anybody else, competitors who come, you know, and try and develop similar question and answer based stuff or yeah. increase the quality of their content for search, you know, using some of these factors, it's going to be harder for them. Mm -hmm. So again, it's one of those things where now is really a good time to invest and even just start some discussions internally as how you can benefit and get on board with it. So mm -hmm. in early stage businesses that are listening now, you know, you've picked their interest in voice search. What's the next steps? I mean, how do they start this process? Oh, contact us. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to know more, contact us at Red Fox AI. No. Honestly, it's it's just, you know, you have to take a look at how you currently respond two questions for your customers. You know, mm -hmm. what FAQ pages currently exist on your website? Can those FAQ pages be condensed into something for voice? Or do you need to completely redesign those for conversation? Yeah. You know, how are you currently, if you're a brand that handles customer service traffic, how are you currently handling that customer service traffic? Do you have a call center or do you have a chat bot? Can any of these components be broken down and condensed into Alexa or Google to be able to answer? So those are some starting places. It's just that core basic analysis of what you're currently doing, if it can be broken down and transposed into the voice space relatively easy. Mm. And can you tell me a story of a client that you've worked with that have you know, implemented these strategies and what it's done for them? So right now I did some subcontracting for a company in Madison called Nordic. Mm. So I actually wrote a voice search report for them because they were interested in you know, how do we become more discoverable over voice and how do we do that? And their niche or their vertical is within healthcare. So they actually are a company that subcontracts with a company in Madison, Wisconsin, that is one of the largest provider of electronic healthcare records called Epic Systems. So Nordic, of course, their whole business model is contracting with Epic, and there's a couple other subcontractors in the space, but they wanted to own voice search discoverability for, say, somebody sitting in their office saying, hey, I need a contract or, you know, I need to implement, you know, electronic healthcare record or I need a company who can consult on my Epic software or right. something like that. So I laid out a whole report for them that kind of outlined some of these core strategies that they could implement relatively quickly to begin optimizing their strategy for voice. Awesome. And what has you guys most excited about marketing in 2019? <laughs> there are so many English. things. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, two other people in our business with us, but they couldn't come over here with us. They uh, just reasons. <laughs> but they're the marketers. I'm more of the builder. So right. if you want to talk about the marketing side. Of yeah. Well, yeah. and I guess, you know, my background actually in all this is I'm not a tech person by mm. any fathom of the imagination. Mm. My background is actually in marketing and communications. I've just always found tech fascinating. Mm. I've always kind of had an affinity towards it. Brett and I have been building computers for a number of years. So even just simple things like that have always fascinated us about technology. So my background in marketing and comm has actually, I think, really helped us do this because we kind of know, okay, from a marketing standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, if I'm a marketer in an organization, how am I going to approach this? Because more than likely, somebody in a large-scale organization who's going to invest in this technology is going to be a marketer. Because mm -hmm. marketers are always looking out for new ways that they can reach core audiences, yeah. you know, increase brand messaging, different things like that. So I think... You know, looking ahead at marketing in 2019 into 2020, 
I think specifically we're going to see a lot more growth with voice, a lot more mm. companies beginning to think about that sonic branding that, mm. you know, the audio they can give to their brand as opposed to just the visual that we've been accustomed to for so long. Yeah. And voice allows you to do that so easy, whether that be you just use the native voice within Alexa or Google, which using a markup language called SSML, you can actually mm-hmm. do some really minor tweaks to the pitch, the sound, the tone of right. Alexa or Google. Yeah, really creepy kind of. Yeah. You can make a whisper. <laughs> yeah. But it, oh, really? Yeah, yeah really you can. Creepy. But, you know, you can identify a tone even with them to your brand. Or you mm-hmm. can even do pre-recorded audio. You know, say you're a larger brand that already has like a voice or somebody who does a voiceover that people are used to. You can just lift that and then put that right, right into what you're creating yeah, in the like voice I, space as well. I was well. throwing our podcast episodes on the code so you could play our podcast episodes through Alexa. Oh, yep. wow. so that, was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was so flexible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do there, yeah. That's what's beautiful about where the state of the technology is, too. You know, there is no one right path to follow. Everybody mm. in the space is trying to figure it out. We're trying to experiment. Everything is on the table. And, I mean, even companies, we actually had a good meeting with uh, Ozzy Fahad from mm-hmm. Amazon this week, too. She works here at the Amazon office in Sydney. She works on the Alexa team. Right. And she said, you know, the time that we're in right now is amazing because mm. you as – you know, third-party companies in the mix can test what we're building, you know, from the Amazon standpoint, from the Google standpoint, and give us feedback that we can actually use to change the technology. Wow. So if there was ever a time to be a part of this, this is the time. We've had so much fun. It's been great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Especially now, you know, with Sydney, Australia, visiting here. Exactly. I never in a million years would thought that the business we started would bring us to Sydney, Australia, a dream I've always had. Walks in, he's like, Brett, want to go to Sydney, Australia? I'm like... Sure. <laughs> Sounds <Right>. good. <laughs> you know, it, it's not even places like this, but because of what we're working on, you know, I'm actually going to Thailand in November uh-huh. as well to speak yeah. on a panel about AI voice and tech in the hands of youth. So, mm. you know, it, for me, too, with my background in marketing and com, I've noticed there's a lot of people in the voice space who are working on really, really cool stuff, but mm. they don't know how to promote themselves. Right. So a lot of what I've been doing is, you know, I love social media. So for mm. me, it's just very easy to like be really active on LinkedIn, be really yeah. active on Twitter. And I would say those two platforms have gotten us so many opportunities. Mm. It's this one right here, you know. Here we are right now. Exactly, from LinkedIn. Mm. So. So you touch a bit on personal branding, I guess, with your LinkedIn and Twitter. What are some ways that, again, early stage people listening at home, they might want to take their business to the next level, they might just be starting out. How can they leverage these social media platforms? Should they focus just on one? Should they have a spray and pray approach across many? What's your guys' take on that? No, that's a great question yeah. too. Once again, <laughs> Nick is the master of social By proxy, media. Brett has gotten all these opportunities of how good I've been able to build yeah. my personal oh, brand. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, actually, I started building my personal brand about two years ago. I found a really mm. good mentor who has become a very good friend of mine. Her name is Miri Rodriguez. She was the head of the global internship program at Microsoft in the United States, and she's all about personal branding and helping people build their personal brand, identifying what they want to do. So I came up with a personal brand statement that kind of identified where I'm at now and where I want to go, and the rest is kind of history. I started just talking more on LinkedIn about artificial intelligence, about voice assistant technology. I started making LinkedIn videos about, I I did this series called Tech Tips with Nick, where I would just dive into Mm -hmm. like a topic for two to three minutes on LinkedIn about AI or voice. And you just, once you start doing that consistently, people just start associating you with that. Mm -hmm. So at least in Madison and sort of in the Midwest of the US now, I'm kind of like people, when they see me, they're like, 
oh, you're the AI guy or like, oh, you're the voice guy or they they just start associating you with what you're working on. Mm. And the same could be said for Twitter. You know, most of the tweets that I publish every day are related to something in AI, something in voice. Mm. Of course, I have some fun with my own personal stuff, mm. too. Yeah. But at the crux of it, I'm always trying to promote my brand where I want to mm. be. And that's empowering people through these amazing pieces of technology to accomplish great things. Yeah, I've seen you do that. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I just, you're doing it you know, 24-7, right. basically. Mm. Personally, I can't do that. But he, he, you know, yeah. Go for it, man. And for me, you know, my primary platforms are LinkedIn and Twitter. Right. And I think part of the a mistake that a lot of people make is they think they have to be on everything. They mm. think they have to be on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You can be on one or two platforms. Really focus your time and effort on building your brand there. And oh. I promise the results will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys touched on that you like to travel on your LinkedIn profile. It says you're a travel addict. Yep. Do you like getting outside of your comfort zone? What do you learn when you guys go away to different countries and experience the different cultures and the marketing in those countries? Yeah, absolutely. I've always loved to travel. I've always, as I've grown, you know, into my adulthood here, I place emphasis more on travel than I ever have before in my life. Mm. And I think what really kickstarted that for me was when I did a study abroad to Greece Back in 2014, that was my first international trip. And to be able to just be thrown into a culture like that. Mm -hmm. And it was a different with the study abroad because it wasn't so exposed to the tourist nature of everything. Mm. We were in a small town in the middle of Crete, one of the big islands in Greece, Mm. drinking and eating our way and learning, you know, through the country. And I learned so much. And I tell Brett this story very often. You know, one of the biggest cultural immersion moments I had that finally to me was like, wow, the world is not so big anymore, was when I was on a bus trying to get to a city in Greece and we got lost. And we were the only two people on the bus that spoke English. Everyone else spoke Greek, French, German, and we had to use our hands and maps to try (laughs) and figure out where to go. And for me, that was, it was just such an eye opener. So ever since then, I've kind of been addicted to travel as much as we can get it. And Brett here, this is actually his first international trip. So yeah, nice. we ripped the Band-Aid off hard with him. Yeah, yeah that 14-hour flight from L.A. to here. <laughs> but being in Australia, too, you know, I love it because, I don't know, I think the biggest takeaways here is that everybody is just so fascinated with the stuff that we're working on because, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like, you know, back home everybody thinks, so oh, Australia, they just, I don't mean to be, you know, culturally insensitive here, but people in the U.S. just are like, oh, the koalas and the kangaroos <laughs> and uh, all think about, that's yeah. all they think about but now oh my god how many people warn us about deadly oh yeah and then they just think of the big spiders and and it's like now that we've been here and people are messaging us back i'm like did you see this i'm like no i'm we're in the city we're taking in everything we're trotting down the streets of chicago right why are we seeking we're working and it's just been cool getting to know people in Australia. And what I'm finding as we've been here is it's not even just people from Australia. There's people from the UK here. There's people Mm. from Ireland here. There's people from all over the world Mm -hmm. who've come here to live and work. And it just seems like such a positive ecosystem Mm. of people for for growth. Yes, everyone's Everyone's insanely nice. And Mm -hmm. I tell you, getting used to being in an Uber on the left side of the road has been a bit interesting. (laughs) But Yeah, the first day here, I was like, subconsciously, I was thinking we're going to crash our car. Yeah, I think Brett and I can agree it's going to be hard for us to go back home from yeah. this trip just because of the amount of people we've met in friendships we've been able to form since being here. Yeah, so you guys will definitely have to come back next year. For the oh, that's what absolutely. That's what we're actually thinking. We're we do. To come back. We want to try and we'll bring other two thing. business partners with yeah. us too. Yeah, yeah. 
Even set up the uh, Australian office right here. In yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's funny. Yeah. Brett and I were even joking. We're like, let's get the business to a point where we can just be like, okay, we're picking it up and moving it to Australia and <laughs> I, just work remote. I would do it in a heartbeat. So going to the struggles now. So, I mean, what's the main thing in your business black box at the moment? What problems are you guys trying to solve? Problems that I encounter is it's so new. So there's not mm. a lot of information out there to help you if you have a problem. Mm. And what information to trust as well. Correct. Mm. Yes. So sometimes it's just guesswork. And if you guess wrong, then, oh, well, try again. <laughs> and if you guess right, then great. Just keep doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. especially as Brett's been learning how to, to code and program Alexa skills at Google Actions, mm. you know, like he said, mm-hmm. there isn't any resources out there. So, yeah, sometimes there's just nothing out there wow. because it's so new. You can find yeah. resources to program for, like, websites. Mm. That's not the same as Alexa and Google. Right. Mm. But you can kind of manipulate it a certain way and change the code around to have it work. But right. that's where the guesswork comes in. So how does the average business find their own Brett? Where do we look? <laughs> <laughs> My number is... No, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, actually. Well, and that's one of the things about the space right now, too. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? What do you think? Well, it's, there's just such a limited number of people in mm. the space. So we're looking globally maybe 2,000. Wow. Yeah. 2,000. Yeah, 2,000 people wow. who are actively yeah. working in what we're doing every day. Mm-hmm. So it's not very large. And that's one of the things we're all talking about is like, well, if this is going to line up much like the website boom was in the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s and mobile apps in the late mm. 2000s, you know, what is the supply and demand going to look like here? Because as we know, if there's low supply but a lot of demand, that could potentially drive the cost of all this up substantially, which would probably be great for us, but I think it's going to cause a lot of problems in the interim because there's going to be such a high demand and not enough qualified people who mm-hmm. actually know what to do. Mm-hmm. And this is why Brett and I actually complement each other so well. So Brett, again, is everything tech-based. So he does all the programming, the coding. I'm really skilled when it comes to conversational design and helping mm-hmm. people design for conversation and that UI, UX of the whole experience we're trying to He's create. great talker. Yeah. <laughs> As Communication talk. background helps with that. <laughs> so that's where we actually complement each other really well. But there's even a lack of, you know, conversation designers. There's a lack of people who know how to code. I mean, it, just mm-hmm. because it's such a new space. Yeah. yeah. So I'll build it up. I'll build it up the back, back end. Yeah. And then we'll adjust it. And have it flow properly yep. for a conversation. Yep. We have a full conversation you design think, process. You want to think of it as, or, as a person who is talking to another person, not a machine. Right. Mm. Yeah. Thinking of, you know, one of one of the things that we try and do as we work through this is, you know, you have your user persona. So the person who is actually going to be using mm. your skill or action and then the system persona. And because of the way Alexa and Google functions and its conversational human-like nature – people are automatically going to assign a persona to that anyhow. Right. So you really want to make sure as you're designing your skill or action, you're building a solid system persona that, you know, embodies what the user is actually going to be experiencing. Mm. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm a developer who's been making apps for 10 years. It's going to be easy to transfer into building stuff for Alexa or Google. Well, in fact, it's a lot harder for some of these folks because – they're so used to designing for a screen and a path that you're trying to get somebody to follow. Whereas in voice, there could be an infinite number of paths, an infinite number of things that somebody could say to try and get a result. So it's just an entirely new way of thinking and developing for technology 
that just so many people aren't used to. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, too, you know, we've always had to adapt to the technology we've used. We've had to learn how to use personal computers. We've had to learn how to use smartphones. We've had to learn how to use televisions and radio and all this. But this technology has to adapt to us. Mm -hmm. It has to adapt to our conversation, our speech, our language. And that's kind of throwing a lot of people off, too, because— You know, we've just been so accustomed to having to learn it, whereas now everybody, for the most part, knows how to speak. Mm -hmm. It's very – anyone could go up to an Alexa or Google and use it. You don't realize how many variations of a sentence a person may say until you're designing for voice. We've spent hours even going over one or two sentences. We got up to like a what, 50 lines? Yeah, a different sentence. Like it's wow. the same sentence, sentence but just, but you just adjust words. it. Like, like oh, they might say again. it this way, mm. and then we'll publish that. Yeah, and then we'll be using Alexa, and she won't work properly, and we'll go, oh, we forgot that. Sentence. Yes, because we were say something, in. and we're like, oh, now we have to go back inside <laughs> and add that. So there's a whole process wow. to designing for this stuff and designing for conversation that mm. is just so unique, and I think that's what's throwing a lot of people who've been developing apps and software for so long off because. Mm-hmm. They can't pull themselves out of having a visual versus having a non-visual. Yeah, it's definitely a big adjustment. Oh, yeah. Mm. And talking about business tools now, are there any tools, $100 or less, that you guys are using at Red Fox that have made a big difference <laughs> in the last year? I mean, truthfully, a lot of, you know, we, a lot, a lot, for a lot, a lot of le- Yeah, well, <laughs> it actually, there isn't that much overhead in what we do, which is good for us because a lot of what we do, so when we work with Alexa, for example, We're using AWS, which has Mm. Amazon Web Services, which has a very large free tier, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. of course, as we move through and get more clients and everything, we'll have to readjust to that. But AWS is relatively low cost. The Alexa developer console is completely free. Yeah, um, I think they make it free and low cost because they want people to use it. Right, they're pushing people into it. Same with Google. So Google Cloud Network, relatively low cost. And then to build on Dialogflow is completely free. Completely free, yep. Yep. So a lot of the resources that we've actually had to purchase have been more educational in nature than anything, you know, mm. different courses that we can find. And I think our podcast is more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I Actually, I do. What yeah. we do with that, that's probably more expensive too. But yeah, a lot of what we do because the tech companies are trying to push people into working with it, yeah. it's such a low cost to get into right now if you want to start experimenting with it and using it. So a lot of the cost for us when we work with clients, actually, we're just billing for our knowledge and our you wow. know, our expertise yeah. and being able to help them leverage this at this the point. The amount of time it takes to build. Right. Mm-hmm. That too. Because we have about three pillars that we have that underneath our Red Fox within our company right now. Mm-hmm. The first being, you know, strategy and consulting. So, you know, that component where we help brands figure out where this fits in, mm-hmm. you know, how we can help you design for voice. You know, if you need something built, let's design it from a conversational standpoint, that aspect of it, voice search optimization. Then we have the custom development where we can get really nitty gritty with the development that a brand would want. So if they need something very custom and specific, maybe some custom APIs, we take that and we build that, you know, from the ground up using conversational design, using situational design. Mm -hmm. And then probably even the larger component that I'm really trying to focus on or we're trying to focus on is education. Mm -hmm. So the speaking, the workshops that we're planning on hosting and have been hosting, we're hoping on getting an e-course up and running pretty soon as well because, you know, there's a lot of people in the United States who are building software as a service platforms, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it easier to build an Alexa skill or Google action. But that's all fine and dandy. And I really believe in what these people are doing. They're incredible in, in what they're building. But 
most of the organizations that they're trying to target have no idea even where to begin. Yeah. So, you know, in our case, we're kind of trying to hit everything, you know, threefold where we want to help these brands figure out where it can fit in, where their roadmap is, where they can start, because some of these supplementary tools are great. But if you even know where to start, it doesn't yeah. really matter. No, oh, interesting. And I mean, you mentioned the steep learning curve. You've been watching YouTube videos, the white papers. What about books? Are you guys big readers? If you're looking to just get some really good knowledge on voice itself, there is a book called Talk to Me by James Vlahos. That's a really good book. And then a really good book on artificial intelligence that I've gotten so much value from is called Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark. That is a fantastic book that dives into the current state of AI, mm. where we're headed with it, and how we're heading into you know, a new stage of, of life pretty much that we've come from Life 1.0. Mm. We're currently in Life 2.0, and the next evolution mm. is – Life 3.0. It's a very good book. Mm. So I guess delving into the future now, what do you predict? 2025. We're sitting here with round two of the podcast. <laughs> what does the landscape look like? I feel like uh, Alexa yeah. and Google and all that will be more like um, smartphones. Everybody's going to yeah. have them. Mm. Yeah. We're actually, there's some numbers floating around in the voice community now that we're expecting, you know, this to hit pretty much consumer mainstream in the next one to three years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it's actually interesting to note, recent report that came out, Australia right. is actually ahead of the U.S. in terms of early adoption of voice. Really? Yes, mm -hmm. which I found fascinating too. Mm -hmm. But I think 2025, we're going to pretty much see a lot of organizations on voice. We're going to see people feeling more comfortable using it out in the open, whereas mm -hmm. now people are using voice technology in their home, in their office, places where they feel more confined because of privacy, which is a whole different discussion <laughs> we can have. Yeah. People don't realize, too, you can use them on your phone. Yeah. There's an app yep. for it. Alexa app, Google app. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, as a yeah. matter of you fact— You don't need to buy the thing right. you set on your table. Right. It's in your phone. I think more people are going to be using Google Assistant on their phone mm. or Alexa on their phone, mm -hmm. um, or maybe if— Apple gets their stuff together here, a better version of Siri on their phone mm. than probably even the smart speakers. And actually, you know, smart speakers are the device that everybody associates with voice, but I think the smart speaker is just the catalyst to all this. I don't mm. see the long-term evolution of voice being the smart speaker. I really no, think yeah. mobile is going to become unleashed here in the next couple of years and more people mm. are going to be using voice on mobile and through hearable devices like Apple AirPods and different things that just make it so easy to use. And then we get into my crazy theory where I think, you know, maybe 10, 15 years down the road, we're going to have um, ambient computing where we just yeah. have like everywhere has like microphones and you can just like be walking down the hall and talk to technology and computers <laughs> yeah. and wow. crazy stuff like that. So mm. one of the things, too, that I think we'll have is we're going to have an ubiquitous voice system. Right. So right now, you know how you have to use either Alexa, Google mm. Assistant, Cortana, Siri, they're all separate. I think we're going to have it where they're all combined in some way on the back end where you can have a conversation with Alexa that then can carry on to Google, that can then carry on to Cortana or Siri so it's a seamless experience. Wow. Because the more we kind of silo these different voice assistants, the more it's kind of like in a weird way branding where you have to choose one and stick with that, but maybe the functionality of this one isn't as good as this one or you know, maybe what you can do with Google isn't as good as Alexa so that, that silos people. Mm -hmm. So I do know that tech companies actually are actively working on combining them all at the back end so people can have mm -hmm. a seamless user experience. Right. It's exciting. It is. So, Nick, Brett, thank you for all the value that you have dropped on our audience so far. Really interesting area, voice. I mean, I've got a lot of homework, a lot of white papers, and uh, <laughs> a, a lot of YouTube videos to watch to get up to speed. 
We've come now to the abstract question section of the podcast, okay. where we love to ask our guests a few creative and abstract questions. Are you guys ready love to it. go? Yes, Perfect. let's do it. All right. So if you could have a billboard that all business owners would see, it could have text, visuals, maybe even some kind of voice mechanism, <laughs> where would you put it and what would it say? Oh, that's a question. A billboard. You could put it anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Oh, man, I just projected onto the moon. There you go. Our logo. <laughs> I actually, I like oh. Brett's answer there. I'm going to go with Brett's answer. Let's put it right on the moon so anybody can see in the nighttime yeah. sky. Yeah. Give your brand a voice, Red Fox AI. AI. Boom. I like it. Some good visibility as well. Yeah. One, one other question. Full moon, buddy. <laughs> one other question I had, you guys have that you're big... Marvel and Star Wars fans on your yes. profile. Yeah. So something that I've been looking into recently, supervillains. These guys have a lot of loyal followers. They build that loyal following, keep their followers engaged. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, how many times are their plans foiled, but their henchmen, their minions, they keep coming back. So mm-hmm. which supervillain do you guys resonate with the most? Oh, whoa. It's <laughs> a good one. All right. I'm, I'm trying to think now. Me? I know who it would be, and people, I resonate with Thanos. I do, because oh I, I, well, no, okay, I don't want to completely wipe out, you know, half of the universe, but when you really get down to him as, like, a character and a villain, he's on, like, this, no matter what, this crusade of, of a higher purpose internally, mm. and for me, with what I'm doing with AI and voice, on more of a positive end, to help educate people and empower them through this technology, I really don't want to stop at anything yeah. until I get my mission accomplished of doing that. And, of course, you know, if I can wear some gloves where I can just make up a reality to have that happen, that'd be great, too. Yeah, don't but click your fingers. I was going to say yeah. Magneto. From a <laughs> Magneto? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get angry. I have bad road rage. So sometimes when we're sometimes when we're driving down the highway and somebody does something stupid, Brett's uh, Brett sitting in the passenger seat and I just go, <laughs> and I'm like, makes me feel instantly better. You didn't do that on the left-hand side of the road here, though? No, no, no. No. We haven't been driving here, so I haven't had to encounter that problem. But, um, yeah, for me, it would be Thanos on more of a, I know it was supposed to be a villain, but more on a positive end just because of what his internal motivations are. Mm, he's definitely got the drive of a startup founder. Correct. Mm. Absolutely. Who do you? Well, who would if, you? If you're Thanos and I'm that Squidward guy that helps him out. <laughs> Squidward guy? <laughs> He's got some pretty sweet powers as well, though. But no, Brad, who seriously, what villain would you I be? I was going to think Mysterio. Mysterio? I don't know. I like him. He's, he's, he's a tricky guy. Okay. He's got charisma. <laughs> he's got charisma. Well, over his head, I wasn't talking. You see more of a, a Riddler type. <laughs> Riddler? You think Riddler, Joker, like that? Yeah. yeah. I've honestly never thought of that, so. Mm. so that's a tough one. We'll have to ask you next time on the podcast. <laughs> 20, 2025. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the final question, are you guys ready for launch? Sure. Because you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how do you market it to the new Martians? So I know you already have your logo on the moon, which you'll be able to hopefully see from Mars. But what business are you going to start on Mars? I was thinking... uh, Just start a farm? People are going to want things to hang up in their new Mars homes, right? So what we do is we take all the red Mars clay sand, create Mm. knickknacks, and sell them at a low (laughs) but reasonable cost, Mm. and then we brand them. So the first brand that people will always have present in their home Mm. is whatever we decided to be. Uh, Sure. (laughs) I just totally went off the cuff there, but to me that sounds like fun. I was thinking like selling air. (laughs) 
Like selling oxygen. Oh, that's actually a good idea too. That is good. I like, I like the Etsy of Mars. Uh, <laughs> never, had, never had that answer before. Either the Etsy of Mars are selling people oxygen because I guess we need that to live and yeah, breathe, I guess right? So, but I don't know if the Martians need it. So, you know, you want to market to the Martians. So, uh, <laughs> very good answers. So, guys, thanks so much for coming in, taking time out of your international trip. Is there anything you guys want to say before we wrap up and how can people get in touch? Yeah. First and foremost, again, just Brendan, thank you so much for having us yes, on thank you. the yeah, podcast. Welcome, this has been yeah. incredible. Brett and I have really enjoyed our time in Australia. Mm-hmm. We will be back. Excellent. Mark my <laughs> words. I love it here. I, I really do. But if you want to get in touch with us, you know, one of the best ways to do that is, well, find me on LinkedIn. So just search for Nick Myers. I'm one of the only red-haired Nick Myers you will find on LinkedIn. You can always send an email to info at redfox-ai.com. We are currently in the midst of getting a new website up and running, so that's a good spot to go to as well. And then, of course, our podcast, if that's okay to promote. definitely. We run called The Artificial Podcast, and we do weekly episodes where we bring in people from all over the world who are working on really neat things in AI and voice, and we just kind of break down topics in AI and voice to help people understand how this technology is impacting all of us both personally and with an organization. Yep. So he'll bring guests on. If he can't find a guest, I'll be on. So <laughs> edit for him and all that too. We do some solo episodes too where we just yeah. kind of dive into some topics as well. But I'm artificial podcast and then mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like I said, I'm very not hard to miss on social media if you're looking yeah. in the right yeah. spot. You'll find so. our emails and info on our website too. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I'll put everything that you guys have mentioned in the show notes today that you can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. Nick and Brett, once again, thanks so much for coming on. Yep, thank thank you. From Metagy, this is the Forward Thinking Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing, and I mean, don't we all know one of those guys, tell them to check us out. Never miss another episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about Metagy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, visit us at metagy.com forward slash podcast. You can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, and I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.